That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Jake, here we are. Now our first uh, episode for the month of August when preachers are either disappearing or maybe coming back. It seems like everybody either takes time off in July or takes time off in August or whatever. But yeah. uh, but it, we are getting close to that um, either time of excitement or dread or whatever for preachers where the fall is coming. Uh, people are getting ready to go back to school or back to work or whatever. Uh, but the but the word of God just don't stop. So we got to keep on preaching. Mm. Mm. Exciting. Yeah, and we have uh, some great readings that all revolve around the idea of faith and uh, and so we have this great reading from Genesis chapter fifteen. Then we uh, have Hebrews 11, which is all about faith once again. And then we have uh, Luke chapter 12 telling his disciples, the little flock, do not be afraid because um, it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, which is all received by what? Faith. And or as so, George as, Michael called it, faith, a faith, a faith, a. It's actually right. two-syllable word. I was just going to drop a George Michael reference. So uh, we're, we're on the same page. So I think this is going to be an excellent episode. I can already tell. Anytime you quote a well-known Greek slash English pop singer, uh, it's going to be good. How could it go wrong? And in those jeans. Oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a great video. All right, uh, we begin with Genesis chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 6. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of time has gone by since Abraham has been given this promise. And uh, a lot of time has gone by. I mean, this is, I mean... St- 40 years, I think, roughly, since the first promise was given. And here he is, and, uh, and uh, you know, w- what's going to happen, God? Can we uh, work something out, maybe uh, with my buddy Eliezer of Damascus? And God's like, absolutely not. Yeah, so what's happened here is God has promised faithfulness. God has promised this miracle of this child to Abram and Sarah in their old age. And uh, God is checking in, like, you still trust me, Abram? And he's like, yeah, sort of, but I did work out a contingency plan. <laughs> yeah. there is, I do have an escape hatch. In case, I'm not saying you won't follow through, Lord, but just in case you don't follow through, I've had some documents drawn up, and I've gone to my lawyer, and he said Eliezer of Damascus is going to Yeah, I love how he tells God. He's like, and so a slave born, like, God, I get it, and yeah. I know this plan's work, but let me, let me just tell you how I've worked it out. Yeah, it's it's a great prayer. It's like, oh Lord God, what are you, what can you do for me? Like you said something, uh, but I'm I still have no babies. The crib is still empty. So so you here's know, my idea. Yeah, yeah. Let's work with me. I'm just spitballing here, Lord. But mm-hmm. what's interesting is that it's sort of um, it's a lack of faith. I mean, you have given me no offspring, so a slave born in my house <laughs> is to be my heir. Um, and God says once again, no, you're going to have a child of your own, your very own yes. issue. And he brings him outside. And it's this loving response where um, 
Abraham, Abram, does have faith here, reckoned to him his righteousness, because he says he believed the Lord. But really, it's this is God putting his arm around Abram's shoulder, Abram's sort of faithless, second-guessing, doubting arm. He, he, you know, the one who's appointed another heir because he's not sure if God's going to come through. Like, Abram's displayed a lack of faith. This is, to me, like mustard seed-level faith. And God is so gracious in just saying, here, come outside with me, Abram. I want to show you something. Look at those stars. You see them? Can you count them? No. That's how many descendants you're going to have. And this is a moment where Abram has this come to Jesus moment and he believes the Lord. So what I, again, what I love about this is that um, we tend to make faith another work. And you've talked about this a lot, Jake, like have enough faith or do enough things or whatever, and you'll get uh, whatever, God to give you what you want. And, uh, but this is showing Abram basically falling flat on his faith face or faith in terms of having enough faith and God still being gracious to him and he just and Abram is given this grace and he says okay I see the stars okay I believe and he credits it reckons it to him as righteousness and this is it's yeah so it's a beautiful story for people who have trouble having enough faith or people who maybe trust God but kind of don't trust God at the same time yeah well and I love you know oftentimes we think that God will meet us in our plans and what's the old saying? How's the old saying go? Tell God your plans and he laughs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and uh, what, what God has to do is, uh, I mean, he takes Abraham out and gives him a visual lesson. But what God really does here is he speaks. And, uh, and it is this word, because all evidence to the contrary says that this is, all evidence says that this is not going to happen. Uh, God's plan that Abraham's going to have an offspring with uh, his wonderful wife uh, that everything Abraham sees is saying, no way, Jose, uh, God, no way, Eli- Eliezer, you know, what I mean? <laughs> and so, and, you know, he's got to come up with his own plan. And uh, God uh, doesn't meet us graciously in our plans. He meets right. us graciously in his plan. And, uh, That's right. and uh, it is in speaking to Abraham that Abraham uh, isn't like, oh, that makes a lot of sense but is given the gift of faith. And this is ultimately uh, uh, what reckons him as righteous. And this is why Paul uses both Abraham and Moses in the book of Revelation as an illustration of, um, of justification and of righteousness. Not Moses, but of these two everlasting covenants that were believed uh, and were that it is that belief in what God has said, spoken, that credits them as righteous. Yeah, so let's turn to Hebrews, where That's we right. see this, this this very story from the Hebrew Scriptures, from Genesis 15, now referred to by the writer of this text. And, well, and it, yeah, opens up with that, it opens up with that point. Now, faith yeah. is the assurance of things hoped for. Yep. The conviction of what? Things not seen. You know, everybody's like, you know, I just need to see things. I'll just, you know, see God work. No, no, no. That's what pagans look for. Yep. Um, uh, we as Christians look for what God has said, and uh, this is what He said, and so, and so He begins to give out this illustration of believing the promise and like, and looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God, you know, and so um, it comes by what is heard. Mm. 
And and so he it gives all this uh, all these examples from Abraham's life of all the things he did by faith, and um, you know leaving his the comfort of his uh, hometown, traveling in a place he didn't know, living in tents, uh, and receiving the power of procreation, even though he was old, as was his wife, past childbearing years, and um, and this the point of this is not you have to have enough faith again to make god give you stuff cuz and i'm so glad we read the story from genesis 15 because it shows us how you know the quality of abraham's faith it was not great um he did the things but he kind of like did them thinking yes but maybe not and kind of half hard and two steps forward and three steps back and all that um because God is the one, it's not, the, the faith doesn't make it happen, it's God who makes it happen. It's the one in whom we have faith. You could put your faith in lots of things which will not really be able to take care of you, but because you're putting your faith, as even as fickle and up and down as it is, you're putting that faith in God, and God is the one who does these things. He's the one that brings them to pass. So, um, that's the point is not have enough faith on the faith-o-meter to make God give you things. It's have faith, even if it's a tiny mustard seed that Jesus talks about, and God is the one who will bring these things to pass. Yeah, and I love, though, how it ends right here. All of these died mm-hmm. in faith without... So, you know, and so... Um, the interesting thing is the list of other saints that are um, listed from four, you know, four and uh, to eight, which are but, not um, included in the passage yeah, for the Sunday, but, but they're skipped. All, but they're, of, they're there. all of these died without having received the promise, but from a distance they greeted them. You know what I mean? They didn't. They didn't know what was going on, and uh, but they recognized that there was something powerful and profound about this promise. Uh, God was creating within them something to believe Him. And uh, they confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. Um, and But this is the thing. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had the opportunity to return. So you begin to see that Canaan, the land of Israel that was promised, is a type and a shadow of the pro- ultimate eternal kingdom, the ultimate eternal promised land that has been given to us. And all of us who live by faith right now as the world continues to groan and decay and pass away and um you know and so but to believe god this is craziness i mean this is actually absurd but it's in believing this absurdity absurdity no matter how weak and how fickle it sometimes it seems or appears you know god let me tell you my plan oh wait not my will be done but your will be done it isn't that i love this therefore though god is not ashamed to be called their god and no matter how thin your faith may appear at time or you experience it, uh, the good news of the gospel is is that just even with faith the size of a mustard seed, God's not ashamed to be called your God as well. And uh, he has indeed prepared a city uh, for not only them, but he's prepared a place for you as well. Um, and as Jesus says, uh, if it were not so, I would not have said it. Yeah, that's John's gospel. And I think, you know, the the thing as preachers that you need to talk about, I think, is that almost everybody in your congregation will feel like they don't have enough faith. That's right. And so in terms of the empowering and freeing word of the gospel to them, what you point out is that Abraham, his faith was pretty threadbare. I mean, he had to have God take him by the, kind of lead him outside, put his arm around his shoulder to help him, you know, he had to give him a visual aid of the stars because he had had a, he'd made plan B with Eliezer. 
Um, and I think uh, Isaac and Jacob, who get quoted, who get talked about in the Hebrews passage, also were guys who, you know, had Jacob especially, pretty questionable record in terms of uh, faith and all that sort of stuff and just his own righteousness. And I think in the Luke passage, which we're going to get to here, is that uh, Jesus says, do not be afraid, essentially have faith, trust God will be with you. And he has this passage about a parable about having your lamps lit as a servant waiting for a master to come home from a wedding feast. Um, sort of have faith and you can open the door as soon as he gets home. And there's a couple of interesting things going on with this parable. One, the master is not, he's not saying be ready so that you don't get punished. He says be ready so that when the master comes in, the master can actually serve you. It's like, be ready to receive the great love and the great reversal of roles that's about to happen because Jesus is gonna serve you, not you serve him. That's what's amazing about Jesus. So it's not a punitive get ready, it's a get ready because Christmas is coming. Um, Birthday cake is coming. Great uh, joy is coming. Um, But again, Jesus tells this story to people who will not be awake and ready. He goes to Gethsemane to pray, and they can't stay awake. He, Peter denies him at, the, at Caiaphas's courtyard and all this. So uh, just know that Jesus is saying, I'm here to give love and not to punish. Also, even if you aren't able to stay awake, just know that his, there's a wideness in his mercy. So again, you don't want to divorce the story from the whole thing where he says to have faith, Human history in the Bible and in life is mostly of us not having faith and not doing a very good job. But this is, but Jesus comes back again and again and again. God, this is, I mean, the story in Genesis is God giving Abraham not his second chance, third chance. It's like the umpteenth chance. Um, uh, that's true with Jacob, who gets mentioned in the Hebrews passage, and Abraham. And it's going to be true with Jesus' disciples. So have faith. We're saved by faith, but know that that the faith is is mustard seed faith. It's it's fickle human faith. And God is the one who who takes that little tiny mm-hmm. mustard seed that's not that great, and he he's the one that makes it into this. He's the one that yeah. does it. Um, that he's, is he's sort of the attitude that he has towards your faith is the attitude you as a parent have to the child who brings you a drawing and he thinks it's the Mona Lisa but really he's just brought you a little like a stick figure and a lollipop tree and a little orange sun and um, you know you say that's great that's what God does when you bring your tiny little faith mm. your and your scribbles of faith he says this is the Mona Lisa that's beautiful I mean I do that is a great and powerful point he says blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes and here's the point where you said, this is the God that we, we don't necessarily serve, but he serves us. Mm. He will fasten his belt. That, that, that's a waiter belt. You yeah. know, the belt of a deacon. He'll tie his him, apron on. <laughs> he's going to tie his apron on and serve you his barbecue. And, yep. uh, you know, that is a, that's a beautiful, beautiful image. And it totally flips, its, flips this parable right on its head. And speaking of flipping parables right on, our, on its head, you can listen to the new Mockingbird podcast. The Terrible, the terrible parables. parables. And so, we're always selling. So, anyway. But, Every day I'm um, hustling. Yeah, that's right. But uh, know this, if the owner of the house had known what the hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. And, uh, you know, this is the truth, is that um, Jesus is coming. And so, uh, I'll be ready. But it's not be ready with a bunch of morality. It's to be ready with this promise, armed with this promise in your heart, uh, ready to be delivered into the city and the room that he's prepared for you. Yep. Tuck your napkin into your collar. Grab your knife and fork and lick your lips like those cartoon characters when they're about ready to get the big (laughs) meal, because Jesus is going to serve you. And in the meantime, he's going to serve you. Uh, Just 
uh, with a token of those promises, a token to strengthen your faith. And that comes in bread that is his body and wine that is his blood. Uh, is that all we got? Yep. And it's most certainly enough because it's delivered with the promises of God. To create faith in your heart to believe what he's promised you. And that is that you are righteous, you are good, and you are known and loved beyond you, beyond what you could possibly imagine. As we say after receiving that meal, those tokens, you have graciously accepted us. Accepted us. Amen. Yep, as living members. So, And you are alive more than you could possibly imagine. Well, gosh. Well, Aaron, you got to have, I mean, there it is. Yeah, we got faith, the faith, the faith, uh. What more do we need? Oh, baby. Um, is, there, <laughs> is, is there anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I think we've covered all our bases, and uh, mm. we've done it in 15 minutes or less. So just in that time, you could have uh, gotten lower car insurance, but instead you heard the gospel. Absolutely. And, and what more could there possibly be? And this is just a reminder also, your servants don't have to be super long. Um, and we're called to feed the sheep, not giraffes. That means put the food down low, not high up where they can't reach it. I remember one time this guy I heard, he was like, you know, sermonettes produce Christianettes. And I just was like, well, not all the time. So, <laughs> and uh, not if you're listening to the same old song. So until then, uh, maybe take this extra time and tune into the latest Mockingbird uh, 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 podcast, The Terrible Parables. Or Dave Zoll's uh, Well of Sound, where he will talk about the other Genesis, not Genesis 15. Or, the, uh, if it's been released game. yet, the Brothers All Podcast Season 2, which I hear is off the chain. I'm sure it will be. All right, okay. enough plugs. Let's get back to that <laughs> sermon prep. Bye, All Jake. right. God bless, everybody. Somebody's looking. Somebody cares. Somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know we crucified him, buried him, but... Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.